Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. The lid is off for another year. WWDC has come and gone, at least the keynote has, and we have a recap of what's been going on in San Jose, California, just a couple of hours ago as we publish. Welcome to this edition of The Blind Side. Let me introduce our panel. First of all, we go across the ditch to me, Cobber in Australia, podcaster extraordinaire, Apple ambassador, somebody who makes sense of all this Apple stuff for us on a regular basis, David Woodbridge. Welcome, mate. You're up very early for this as you are every year. Yes, and I didn't think that Apple Keynote was going to stop today, so finally it came to an end, which I'm very pleased about. Uh, was it a bit of an arduous thing for you, was it? Uh, in the middle bit, it was a little bit, because yeah. they started talking about uh, AR, but besides that, no, it was fine. Gee, I mean, I was worried about um, having to curb my cynical tendencies, uh, <laughs> so that's interesting. Now, Jeff Bishop is also with us. He is, of course, someone who regularly contributes to the blind side about technology matters, so welcome, Bishop. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Yes, yes, I feel like you should bless us or something, you know. Well, <laughs> Like, like a consider proper, yourself. Consider yourself blessed. Well, thank you. Well, I'm I'm blessed simply to talk to you. And the recently engaged, for those who haven't been keeping up, Heidi Mosen, welcome and congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Mm, welcome. We'll talk about that some some other time, I'm sure. All right, let's start. I'd like to start at the bottom, if I could, because there's one major new product that was not a surprise that was introduced at the keynote today, and they're calling this HomePod, and I thought it's very interesting positioning because they are clearly going right after Sonos, shamelessly after Sonos with this. They are trying to position themselves differently from Amazon Echo and Google Home, even though they do some of the same things. Can I start with you, Heidi, because I'd like to understand a bit about the visual appearance of the of the HomePod and what it's like. Okay, so the description they gave was it's seven inches, sorry, seven inches tall, and it's essentially just a fat cylinder. You know your Mega Boom? Uh huh. Yeah, the UE Mega Boom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looks similar to that, but slightly shorter and a lot fatter. Okay. So it's got the whole cylindrical thing with the speaker all the way around the outside. All right. So it's, it's going to give you a three sixty degree. Yes. Speaker thing. Yes. Yeah. The other interesting thing I noticed was that it's going to, when it's positioned in different environments like corners, that sort of stuff, it's going to be able to uh, change its sound based on the acoustics that it's sensing. And this struck me as very similar to what Sonos does, the high-end audio system, with their TruePlay technology, except it looks like it's the A8 chip, which is in this device that is doing all the work, so you don't have to go through the the true play kind of experience that you do with Sonos. Yes, guys, um, let me start with you, David, because it's up insanely o'clock where you are. What what do you make of the HomePod? Is this something that you're going to run out and buy? Well, I'm I'm currently playing with the Amazon Echo. I've got a Google Home on the way, and of course, I'm going to have a HomePod on the way as well. Um, Look, I definitely will. Um, unfortunately, my wife doesn't like music playing throughout the whole house, so it'll probably just end up in my little study room where I'm currently sitting and not the lounge room. But no, look, it sounds really good. I I mean, it sounds good from the fact that it almost does exactly what the <laughs> Amazon Echo does in a way, but I'm presuming the speaker quality is a lot better. 
I mean, the fact that it plays Apple Music is really good. Uh, you can actually talk to it even though you've got loud music playing. Like you said, it's, it does the surround sound or tries to beam the sound into appropriate parts of the room if you've got it stuck in a corner. So, look, it does sound quite good. $349 US, I guess, translates to around about 480 I guess, Australian. So yeah, beautiful. but then Apple always add a little bit of a margin, don't they, for New Zealand they, and Australia? They do. So I'm thinking between five to $600 here in Australia when it gets here. But, no, look, it sounds really good. Yeah, well, as somebody who's invested, I shudder to think, uh, several thousand dollars in Sonos equipment. I'm not sure I'm jumping on. Uh, what about you, Jeff? What did you make of it? Well, I, I think it's interesting. I, I like the audio characteristics of it. Uh, but I don't know. You know, Siri has not proven itself to be very reliable in doing a lot of these other types of things, at least in our home. Sometimes HomeKit doesn't work very reliably for us. It times out and doesn't talk to the device. It's very finicky, and we have HomeKit devices in our home. Um, so I'm a little, a little hesitant to, to consider a purchase. I think what this is going to need, you know, we're going to need to see it out in the in the wild first. Uh, people like David, who are adventuresome and, and mm. ready to jump on board, we'll wait for him to put up podcasts. <laughs> See, I'm and, with you. Uh, I'm with you on the Siri thing. For me, it's the weakest of all of the digital assistants. See, this at is the, the thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's a big deal. That's but then, when big, I hear David doing it on his podcasts, it works flawlessly. And I don't I know, know whether I it's know. because Sick. he's doing some know. naughty editing, or whether he's an <laughs> Apple ambassador, or whether it just likes Aussies. I have no idea. I like yeah, Aussies. I don't know. The Australian accent works all the time. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be interested to see whether this is the first of a series of a family of um, HomePods because I can imagine this potentially replacing some of the Sonos products in our house. You know, if you get a stereo pair, you might set it up in in, in, uh, replacement for a Play 5 or a couple of Play 1s or something like that. But it's not going to be a full home ecosystem until they have a sound bar, really, is it? No. How does it compare, uh, Jonathan, pricing-wise to the Sonos, like the lower-end Sonos devices? I think the Play 1 is a little cheaper. I'm going from memory, but I think the Play 1 is a little cheaper. But to be fair, based on their description and and, and given what some of the old Beats speakers sound like, and given even when you look at how jolly good a Mac and an iPad sound, Apple really do get sound. So I imagine that this will knock the socks off a, a Sonos Play 1. You know, um, w- doing a test with something like the Sonos Play 5 would be the real test. Yeah. I, I think, yes, they're going to nail the actual audio, I think. But again, this comes back to Siri for me. And and since that is the interface to the device, I think it's... Uh, you know, or at least, or at least a big interface to the device. I think that's going to be something that we're just going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, I won't be buying one until I see more reviews. So there's a podcast already planned. Yes, of course. <laughs> oh, from what I saw, from what they showed, there are no buttons on it at all. Yes. Now, there was some discussion because I think it was Phil Schiller who had a bit of an interview uh, with somebody or other, and he made the comment that he thought that a smart speaker needed a screen. Did it have a screen at all? It doesn't have a screen. It has a flat top which has LEDs below it which lights up so you know when Siri's been activated. But as far as I can tell, it's not an actual screen. Okay. 
All right. So we'll find out more about that in the coming months because it doesn't ship until December. And that's another interesting thing. Uh, Apple really did – it felt like they were struggling for things to say today, and I, I hope I'm not being too cynical yes, about that. Did. But yeah. to to talk about something at WWDC in June that they're not shipping until December, and there were a couple of instances of this, you, you just got the impression, or at least I got the impression, that they know that there's this sense out there that they've lost some momentum and they were trying to say, well, hang on, here's what's in the pipeline, even though they normally wouldn't go this early, I wouldn't have thought. Well, let me let me uh, play the devil's advocate here and say that I think we're going to hear more in the fall. Uh, Tim hinted at more tvOS things that will be talked about in the fall. So maybe they're delaying some of this software stuff until then, you know, that maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And it was a long keynote. So it was very long. Yeah. And that's what I'm it hoping. It started late and it ended late. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I'm hoping with regard to TVOS, which was, well, there was nothing, nothing whatsoever about TVOS. I mean, the only thing they had well, to say about TVOS, which is the software that powers the Apple TV was that there's an Amazon app coming, but I mean, that's just going to appear in the app store. So yeah, but that's a big deal, Jonathan. I mean that that people have been waiting for that for a very, very, very long time. So to to many people, that is a big, big deal. Now, um, whether that's and then you know they sprinkled TVOS things throughout the keynote today, uh, how it interfaces with HomeKit more, and, you know, the multi-room airplay. Yeah, the multi-room yeah. airplay, yeah, and, which is pretty cool. You know, being a hub and all of that. So you know, I I, I think. This will probably come up after we're done here, but they always put up a website that talks about you know the new the new Mac OS operating system features and iOS 11, and we're actually going to probably get more tidbits out of that than actually the keynote. I think uh, the, you know, for example, the accessibility features were not talked about at all here, and that's and that's they not unusual put stuff here. Yeah, right, exactly. But they always put something in. So what will it be this year? Um, yes, yes, yes. I'm looking forward to finding out uh, after I record this. So, Heidi, can you take us back to the beginning? Because one thing that uh, I really wish Apple would address is there is a feature in all of the uh, Apple operating systems where you can turn audio description on. And I really do wish one of these days that during one of these live presentations, they would give us audio description when that is enabled of some of these videos that are very visual in nature. But then we might be doing you out of a job. So maybe that's why they <laughs> keep it the way they keep it. Well, it's not like you pay me well, anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> what was what was the opening video all about? So it started with two people, um, some woman who had was sort of in charge and a new guy. And apparently... There wasn't much space because they were doing all sorts of things preparing for the move. So they put his desk in the App Store server room. And so he gets out his iPod and puts on some music. And then he gets out another device and goes to plug it in so it's got power. And he looks under his desk and there's loads of PowerPoints, but they've all got plugs in them. So he just pulls one out at random and plugs his device in. And suddenly the App Store goes down. And so... (laughs) It goes to lots of people using their iOS devices and their apps just suddenly closed and they start disappearing from the home screen like they're being uninstalled and it's like complete anarchy. (laughs) And then you get, there's like a little 
black market going on where there's things that used to be apps. So like Candy Crush, there's people with hard-boiled candies smashing them with a hammer. And Farmville, there's actual farm animals. Tinder, there's just a bunch of people standing like up in boxes on boxes and like showing their muscles and there's one guy standing on top of a car screaming through a megaphone about how he ate a whole pizza and like he would post to facebook or something like that and the whole world is essentially collapsed so, yeah what would the this, world be like without apps essentially is yeah, the message yeah yeah okay and the guy at the back at apple was completely oblivious just listening to his music <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'd love to get audio description of that, but that's a very good job you did there. Let's talk about Apple Watch. And I was really interested in this, guys, because clearly Apple has decided what this device has become. And I guess when it came out, it was sort of like a a mini iPhone and it would run a whole bunch of apps and do all kinds of things. And we saw an evolution with the use of the side button for the dock in watchOS 3. And now clearly this is firmly fixed in the category of a fitness wearable. That's where it sits. Yes. No, it's right. I mean I I mean the thing I liked about some of the stuff, I mean it's the glucose monitoring where you could actually link it up to a glucose monitoring device. So other Bluetooth devices, the gym stuff where uh develop sorry manufacturers later on this year were making their gym equipment accessible via the watch. That was really exciting. One thing I get really irritated about the Apple Watch, particularly the rings, is, you know, you've just walked for 10K, you look at your exercise ring and it says, you know, you've done about 10%. You think, hang on a minute, I've just walked 10K. And, of course, that's all <laughs> your heartbeat and everything else. So I just hope that improves because I noticed they had, you know, they had monthly challenges and they had smart encouragements like a champion trying to get you moving more and exercising more. So hopefully that's better because – I sometimes will just switch back to my Fitbit so I can get my actual steps rather than, you know, occasionally checking my watch every 10 or 15 minutes on a long walk going, why has it only moved by about 1%? So hopefully that's going to get better over time, I think. Jonathan, um, I I think personally this was probably the most exciting thing of the whole keynote um, about the gym equipment. Uh, I I really have significant hope for this because there's – there's all this this equipment that's completely inaccessible to mm. us today, mm. and um, to be able to you know walk up to one of these things and you know tap your watch to the NFC you know reader on the on the device and have it automatically just work um, that's a big deal. I mean that that is going to revolutionize health and fitness for a lot of blind people. Uh, who right now are kind of locked out of that right now. I, I guess that's right. When I heard this, I thought, ding, 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 this could be the breakthrough because we've all had that experience of going into a gym, say, at a hotel we're staying at and we're trying to be good yeah. and keep up and then there's this gear that we don't know how to use or it's got touch screens. But at the moment, all they promise is exchanging of data between the two devices. I think what what will be critical is if you can actually get some sort of user interface on the watch that controls the appliance. So, for example, you walk up to a treadmill right. that you don't know how to use and you can set the exactly. incline and stuff like that. Well, that would be absolutely massive. That would be very exciting. But I'm not sure if they promised that yet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they talked about it interfacing with the workout, uh, you know, portion of activities and and so we're just gonna have to see i i have a lot of hope for this but mm. i hope they don't let us down because 
wow, that I I got very excited when I saw that. That was that was very very cool stuff. One thing that worries me though is that unfortunately in some of this stuff where you've got access to you know third party hardware, they tend to be the high end products. So I just hope. This is not another one of those set of products that if you want the accessibility part of it or get to, to get access to it via your smart watch or phone, it's going to be one of the high-end products. So, you know, a sighted person could pick up a treadmill, let's say, for $1,500 just because we want accessibility. We've, we've got to pick up one that's about four and a half, five thousand dollars 5000 Yep. Yes. And that's where they were pitching it, right? They were pitching it squarely at gym equipment manufacturers and you sort of got the impression that they, they envisaged this working in a gym. Um, but mm. but but hopefully it will trickle down because um, it's just so hard sometimes to pick uh, an appliance. And th- this is where HomeKit has made a big difference in our lives in general, the, the ability to control things that we normally would have some difficulty controlling. For example, a blind person without light perception uh, having real knowledge of what their lights are doing. Uh, if they can do the home the same thing with, with the watch and gym equipment, it would be wonderful. I do mm. have the list of the... Um, brands that said they're going to be supporting it here uh-huh. from the slides. So, so far we've got Life Fitness, Cybex, Matrix, Techno Gym, Swin, Star Trek, and Stairmaster. Stairmaster? Mm. That's that's a reasonably home brand kind of thing, isn't it? It is too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that sounds really promising. But um, not Nautilus. That's interesting. No, we see you. You know more about these things than I do. I don't, I don't know about some of these brands. Yeah, but, that's a pretty major. That's a pretty major brand, and there's 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 others that were not mentioned either. So, but we'll see. I, I, I'm I'm hopeful. We'll we'll see. <laughs> do we know Heidi if the Watch OS four works on the very first original Apple Watch, which I still have because I couldn't find justification for upgrading? Um, they said I'm, it would. They did say did they, all ones. I think did they? Okay. Yeah, they, Right, yeah, they did. So that's good. So I'll struggle yeah, on with my slightly sluggish device. Yeah, they didn't specify that it had to be these ones and above. It just said no, that the upgrade would come out and fall. And I, I just checked. I just checked on the Apple website, by the way, too, as we're doing this recording. And they've got uh, the Mac there, the MacBook, uh, the Mac. Sorry, the Mac, the iPad Pro, High Sierra, and Watch OS and iOS 11 already up on the website. Right. Let's oh. t- let's talk about High Sierra because. <laughs> You know, in the past, they've had the Apple people get up there introducing the new version of the uh, operating system and its name, and they've made a series of jokes about names that they had rejected. And when they said, Hi, Sierra, I laughed, and I thought, oh, yeah, right, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a remotely funny one. What's it really called? And then I mm. said to Heidi, oh, my God, they really are calling it Hi, Sierra. <laughs> um, I oh, gee. Um, so Hi, Sierra is a mountain. Uh, in in California, anyone know any more about High Sierra? I guess it's taller than regular Sierra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does exist. Um, it's a it's a peak. It's a it's a mountain peak in in California. So, um, all right. It sounds like my 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 take on this is that obviously the Mac is competing for engineering resources among its more lucrative siblings, but that also People shouldn't underestimate the significance of the Apple file system, which is a really massive under the hood change they're yeah. making this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that that is a very significant change. And I think that we've already seen a lot of the Safari updates in the Safari technology previews 
that have been coming out every few weeks from Apple. Uh, so I don't know, um, you know, besides those two things, and, and then, of course, all the under the hood pieces, uh, that this was this was much more of a, a spit and polish release. There's not going to be a lot of, at least that we know at the moment. Again, there are a lot of these details will come out later when people start doing, you know, reviews and, and digging in and, and maybe even breaking non-disclosure agreements and talking about things that were not in the keynote. Uh, um, no one so, cares about those non-disclosure agreements, do no, they? I mean, I, 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 I kind know. of, I don't know if they do or not. I don't know. No, no. I mean, I mean, all the Apple sites don't care about them. I mean, um, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure whether what, what they're worth anymore. Yeah. So, David, you, so we'll see. But yeah, David, you're the you're the real Mac man. And um, what's your take on on this? I guess every every blind person is going to rejoice about the ability to uh, stop autoplay on I was about websites. To say that one, yes, nasty websites that play the yep L O double D. Play the blasted um, music in the background while you're listening to a website. That I mean, navigating a website's really irritating. So that one's good. Yeah, I, I mean, like the um, privacy tracking, so it'll track web, it'll track websites that are trying to sort of follow you around all over the place. Mm. That was really cool. one thing they didn't do, and this was across all the Siri implementations, which I found really really sad. And that's not to make it the fact that you can type into the interface rather than just using your voice, because. There are lots of people that I know that have got cerebral palsy or speech difficulties and so on, and they can't use their voice to communicate to Siri. And I just think surely by this time and date, they should be able to make it the fact that you can type into the interface rather than just having speech enabled. And there were well, rumors that this second. was going to happen. I mean, there were there were rumors that there would be a bot of sorts that you could use within the messaging apps to talk to Siri. Well, I was just going to ask Heidi about this because they showed the new interface, at least on the phone. I think just on the phone, though, right, Heidi? Yeah. Um, does it have an input field where you can type something in? Did you see one? In, in terms of using Siri? Yeah, so like yeah, a, a place so where a might, Siri so on the iPhone, a virtual keyboard might come up, for example, for you to type your request to Siri rather than speak it. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you give me one moment to go through all these screenshots, yeah, Heidi's been taking screenshots, <laughs> so we'll, t- we'll, we'll take a look at that. But yeah, I think I think that is a good point, and um, you know, given given Apple's very strong commitment to accessibility, you'd think it's something they might be considering. And that was in the rumor mill, you know, that you'd be able to open the messages was, app yeah. and, and, and text mm-hmm. Siri, and that, w- that would be quite useful. Um, I'm just looking at other Mac OS stuff before we get on to Siri big time and iOS. Uh, of course, the, the, the other big thing is new hardware. And um, my goodness, when I heard about this uh, new iMac Pro, I mean, the iMac line have been updated. You know, you've got KB Lake processors coming in all over the place, and that's what you would call sort of an, an evolutionary thing. You'd, you'd be expecting that. But that iMac Pro, what a beast of a machine that is. <laughs> I mean, you can get well, up now, to an 18-core processor with that thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Now, they, I don't think they've updated the Mac Mini yet. No, that thing that thing has not been updated in you know forever. I think it's doomed, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Well, it is. It is for blind people, don't you think, David? Because I I think the Mac Mini is a great machine for a blind person who might not need a screen. Maybe they could get a sighted person to plug into the HDMI port if they need help setting up, which you don't necessarily if you know what you're doing on a Mac because it it comes up talking. But but I think the Mac Mini is a great machine for for voiceover users. 
Well, it's a good entry-level machine. I mean, it really only over here in Australia, it's seven nine nine for an entry model, um, with four gigs of RAM, and I think it's got a five gig, five hundred gig hard drive. But you know, it's a really good basic machine. But I had a look at one that somebody bought last week, and I went and had a look at about, and it said two thousand and fourteen. So that was the last date the hardware was updated. I was really pleased to see that the Mac Air is still going to be around. It's going to get a bit of a, a speed bump yeah. in its processing speed because I thought, no, no, I love my little Mac. Actually, my three Mac Airs, I should say. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty good. I've still got my MacBook Pro 2013. I've got a MacBook Pro with Touch Bar on it. Um, but look, yeah, I mean, across the line, it sounds like everything got an, an updated, which is really, really good. Yes. Now, I'm interested, given that you've had a, a good chance to beat up on the MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar, Heidi and I have a talk about this from time to time because she makes whimsical noises about getting her Mac updated from time to time. Um, you know, that's not going to happen when we've got a wedding to fund. But, wow. but, but no, you can't. Well, I, I tell you what, let's just forget about the wedding and give you the Mac. It'd be cheaper. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm tempted. Not sure what fiance would have to say with that. Anyway, but but um, but there I do detect a lot of reluctance from people who love the old Mac keyboards, and and it, that was one of its real virtues, in my opinion. The the keyboards on the the previous generation of Macs were, were beautiful to type on. How have you hmm. found, especially when you're chopping and changing from the newer keyboard to the older one? You know, is it a difficult thing? I honestly don't like it. I mean, I've, the fact that I've actually got to think, because most of the time I'm typing on my Mac Air, really, most of the time. So every time I go back and use the MacBook Pro of Touch Bar, the keyboards, because it's so flat, I, I sort of waste time orientating myself to the home row again, or I tended to put my finger up too far and actually hit the touch bar. And I know it doesn't activate, but when you're just trying to you know, do numbers on the top row, um, I've, I mean, I guess I don't use it enough to to get my muscle memory to say, well, stop before you hit the touch bar. But no, I, I must say I tend to spend most of my time on my Mac Air. The Touch ID on the MacBook Pro is fine, um, but that's really all I find to use it with. I mean, my Apple Watch unlocks all my Macs anyway. So, yeah, I'm and sort of starting to think, why, why did I update? Yeah, and you don't run Windows on a um, virtual machine or a boot camp on your Mac, do you? Because I, I mean, one of the big downsides for people who run both operating systems on the same machine is obviously using the function keys in Windows when you've got the touch bar. Exactly. No, I, I don't. I, I just couldn't bring myself to run Windows on a Mac. So, sacrilege! It is sacrilege. I know Jonathan's done it, but um, no, I just I was sitting there the other day thinking, oh, I, I'm getting pretty pretty sort of into Windows 10 here at the moment, I thought, do I really want to put it on my MacBook Pro or my Mac? And I went, no, I just I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Now, I did get a question coming in via direct message, and Heidi can answer this one because I asked her to check for us. Uh, there was a question about these new USB-C connectors that are on the new iMacs that offer Thunderbolt 3 support. And the question I got from a listener was, does that mean that the U- the older USB ports have gone away and that we're being this is another environment where we're being forced into USB C. So what's the deal there with Heidi? Well, the answer for right now is you still have your regular USB ports. You get So they're in addition to Yeah. So you get four USB ports, the standard thing, and then you get two USB C slash Thunderbolt ports. And then there's also an SD card slot, an Ethernet port, and a headphone jack. 
Oh, good old headphone jack. <laughs> oh, a headphone jack. Way. Yeah. <laughs> now, these new MacBook Pros, um, they're shipping today. Uh, is the MacBook Pro shipping today? No, that's later no. this year. So it's no, sorry. I, the MacBook Pro is, I believe, shipping today, but the iMac Pro is shipping. The iMac Pro, I'm in, sorry. In, right. Yeah. The MacBook Pro yeah. is shipping. So now, the MacBook yes. Pro essentially is just an evolutionary update to the processors and stuff. But the iMac Pro, which is coming later, so That's you can get it in year. 7 core, 10 core, or 18 or core, which is just, what are you going to do with that? Um, it has up to have 100, a really good mind time. you, 640K should be enough for anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Go back to the up, Stone Age. Up to 128 oh, yeah. gigs of RAM. Gigs of RAM. We're not talking storage. 128 mm. gigs of RAM up to 4 terabytes of solid-state storage. That is just insane what a what a wonderful machine that would be to drive and it's easy to remember because it's got uh, 5k capability and it starts at 5k us dollars basically <laughs> so david when are you purchasing one of those yeah uh, and when can i come over <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm borrowing one from apple so um when it comes out here in australia i'll wander down to apple headquarters in sydney and and have a play with it but i don't do anything that um it requires a 5K monitor or requires that huge amount of processing. I don't think audio editing counts. No, for just, no. well, well, just think how fast you could encode your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't know what you were saying before you said it. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I mean, I to be fair, I'm, I, I, with Amadeus like, Pro, um, I find that you can do some very reasonable audio editing even on a MacBook Air with Amadeus. Um, it doesn't yeah. take a lot of grunt, really. Um, no. Yeah. So I, I but there may well be some massive computational requirement there. Clearly there are some buzzwords hinting at things to come that were in this keynote including um you know virtual reality. We obviously heard a bit about augmented yep. reality as well. Uh anything more on the Mac before we move on to iOS? I mean it was a little bit a little bit quiet on the Mac side I thought this year. Yeah, yeah all the, I mean, the 21-inch got an update and the 27-inch. So my our family Mac is now officially six years old. So I think I might start making a little bit noises about, gee, that your Facebook posts, your Facebook pages load really slowly, don't they? When you want a bit of a fast. <laughs> yeah, so you have to. So you too have to lobby with the powers that be, do you, David? I do. I I have to mention things every now and again. Yeah. Because I'm Please. still, I'm still, as Heidi will tell you, I'm still lobbying for my Sonos in the bathroom, and I've been lobbying for that for. <laughs> yes, but Bonnie says you don't need it, <laughs> and that's the end of the matter. Yep. <laughs> David, you could you could put an SSD in that old Mac and shoot it up. No, 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 can't, no, no, no. She's no, not no. listening to this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did. That, I did that to my eight-year-old Mac huh? Mini, and it looks a lot faster. Heidi, you have something for us. Yeah. So, in terms of shipping, uh, everything except the new iMac Pro ships today. So, all the updated iMacs are shipping today. Right. But it's just the iMac Pro that's not shipping today. And apparently, the iMac Pro has louder audio, amongst other things. I'm just looking at the little thing that tells you all the cool things. Apple do audio so well on all of their devices. They really do. Um, yeah. So, that'll be, that'll be something worth hearing. All right. So, let's talk about iOS 11. And this is where it started to get interesting for me. I, I must admit, it was a little bit sleepy time for me until, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't mean to be disparaging, but um, it just didn't seem to be... F- Flowing, um, and then iOS woke me up a bit. There's some interesting stuff in here. 
Uh, where do we start? Well, one thing that is really great is the fact that messages are now in sync uh, across all of your devices. Many people have an iPhone and an iPad or, or whatever, and I presume this extends to uh, Mac OS as well. So you now have messages in sync. If you delete on one device, it will delete on another. And I really hope this also extends to notifications, although given that they didn't say anything about that, it probably doesn't. But it's it's so frustrating when I bring up my iPad, which I don't use as often these days, um, and and find notifications blitzing me from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, message is good. Um, what else have we got in iOS uh, 11? Apple um, Pay. Person-to-person Apple Pay. There you go. Um, you owe me, David. So, so, Jonathan? Yes? Are you going to accept Apple Pay payments for your uh, Mosin.org purchases uh, well I'd, yes i think i think i would like to do that i have to look into how to do it um our gateway that we currently use is very integrated with paypal but obviously you know i want it to make it easy as possible for customers to part with their money so uh, <laughs> yeah 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 this is great this i mean i imagine this integrates with siri as well because siri already has an api for payments so you know you you david you could say you know pay jonathan 500 Australian dollars, and you could do that as a test if you like. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. want to spoil you there. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so this Sherlock's a number of applications, you know, like mm. the Cash app, and, you know, so this is kind of interesting. You see, so you have a virtual cash card, they were saying, right? Yeah, Apple Pay mm. Cash, it's called. Uh, did you get any additional information on that from the slide, Tony? Um, Nothing other than what they said. Essentially, it just looks like another card in your Apple Pay, and then you can mm-hmm. transfer the money out of it back into your bank account or use it for bank. other yep. Apple Pay purchases. Because we're in a unique situation, David, um, here in Australia and New Zealand, where the banks tend to be owned by the same conglomerates for both countries. And with the exception mm-hmm. of, um, I think it's ANZ and maybe a couple of credit card producers, the, the banks have ganged up and they've actually tried to take action, legal action against Apple because they yep. believe that uh, Apple's uh, NFC chip is too locked down. So Apple Pay can be quite hard to get in our part of the world unless you're with the right bank. Ah, I am. Yeah, you've got Apple Pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you use it yourself, David? No, because we're we're with a different bank that doesn't currently support Apple Pay, and I I just can't be bothered changing over. So at the moment, no. Just speaking of when you mentioned Siri, did those new Siri voices really sound any better? They just sounded basically the same, really. I mean, I wasn't that excited about the new Siri voices that we had, both the female and the male voice. I, I was staggered that Apple spent any time at all working on this because I have never heard anyone not a single person criticize the Siri voices. I've heard them criticize the lack of intelligence and its lack of context sensitivity and a whole bunch of other stuff, but I've never heard anyone complain about its voice. Mm. It sounds like they're using the expressive voices. Like, really? I don't know. I, I, didn't it sound that way to you? It, 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 it sounded very familiar. You think it's vocalizer expressive be- in there? I don't know what it is, but I, it sounded very familiar. It, it sounded like I've heard that before. Hmm. Okay, well, so we'll find out. And I guess one good thing is that these new voices, if they are new and unfamiliar to us, presumably Apple will continue their recent tradition and make those available to voiceover. Mm, could mm-hmm. be. 
I, I noticed one thing they didn't mention, which I thought it was a bit sad too. They didn't mention iTunes app for Windows 10 S at all. Nope. So I thought, oh, that's a bit that's a bit naughty on on Apple's side. And the other thing that I found probably, I mean, it was good to I guess for me because I used it all the time was the um, the control panel being all one single window now. So mm. rather than having three screens to scroll between, because I tend to use HomeKit and I'm always switching between my two AirPod sets now and other stuff. But having one control screen is going to be really really handy. Yes, and well, um, 3D Touch. Uh, so I presume there'll be some workaround. There are fewer and fewer non-3D touch devices now, I guess, but there are still some. Yeah, like mine. Well, my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never misses a trick, does she? Yeah. Uh, one thing that was interesting, though, was that um, flick up on the keyboard to change to symbols and so on. That's going to be interesting to see how that works with voiceover. It's flicked down. So they might be on the actions rotor oh. in some way. Um mm. Mm. It might be an actionable item on the router, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, also, a unification of notifications so that the lock screen... I was just going to bring this up. Yeah, what mm. do you think? Well, I hope they fixed it. <laughs> because yeah. right now, right now, it's a little bit of a, a difficulty if you have a lot of notifications. Yes. I find that, that scrolling is not necessarily as reliable no. as it could be. You don't have um, infinite scrolling like you used to, basically. That's what it comes no, down to. No, you don't. No, yeah. you don't. And uh, and this is on the public, you know, iOS 10.3, you know, stuff. I'm wondering if we're going to get a, a, an iOS 10.3.2 today. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's possible. Yeah. What, what do you think of the notification stuff, David? I, I mentioned this in my wish list that I published last week that sometimes I wake up to a large number of notifications and you get to a point where the only mm. thing you can do is either open an app or delete some notifications because it just won't scroll anymore. And that never used to be the case before iOS 10. No, that's what I'm finding too. I mean, I get a lot of ones during the night and I just end up getting so frustrated. I go to clear all and just think, oh, stuff it. I'll just go and check the individual apps <laughs> and see what everything's on about. So the other thing that was interesting though, and finally um, you can use AirPlay 2 to actually – play to multiple speakers which yes. I've always wanted so to me that almost sounded like airfoil and air, airfoil speakers on the Mac um, because you know I've got seven or eight airplay speakers around my house and you know the, the silly at the moment I can only one play to one airplay device so having this being able to you know go to multiple speakers is a really great thing now well, I love that about Sonos that um, you can play across multiple multiple speakers in the Sonos ecosystem and they're absolutely perfectly in sync. And so when this AirPlay 2 came out and there was a slide on the screen that said, and it's already supported by the following speakers, the first thing I said to Heidi was, is Sonos in there? And Sonos is not. Um, do, we, do we know what is supported? Uh, if you give me one second, I'm just trying we'll to get there. We'll take a commercial break. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, Bang and Olsen. Oh, yes. They're pretty high-end speakers. Yeah. Naim, like N-A-I-M. Bose. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Deviolent. I'm bad at words. Um, Dyne Audio. Beats, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Polk. Denon. Macintosh. Marantz. Mm-hmm. Bat. Bowers and Wilkins, Libratone, uh, Definitive Technology, and Blue Sound. That's a good list there. 
Do you know it's interesting, Jonathan? Why is Beats there? Because Beats, as far as I know, is not an AirPlay speaker. But Beats is owned by Apple. Yeah, but Beats is only Bluetooth, unless they're going to update Beats to be AirPlay. Mm. Yes, that's a very good point. I don't think, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Now, SiriKit was one that stood out for me because, you know, one of the areas where where I still get frustrated is that I can't do all of the things with third-party apps that I'd like to be able to do. I'd like to be able to open an app with uh, – open a book with voice stream or something like that and um, I'd like to be able to tune to a particular radio station in my radio app of choice and I can't do any of those things and it doesn't look like I will in this version either because the only thing they mentioned was the support for task manager apps Um, other than that it looks like they're not adding anything to the Siri API functions nope no, and that's what I found really disappointing. I mean, I know we talked about the input keyboard already, but, yeah, I, I wanted a lot more improvements and more intelligence built into Siri. Some of the stuff they ask her compared to what I can ask the Amazon Echo is a lot different. Amazon Echo yeah. tends to get the questions. Siri doesn't. And I guess time will tell how much they've done with this uh, when we have a play, but certainly I have to use, of course, Siri for system functions on my phone. But I've got to the point now where I just don't expect a sensible answer from Siri uh, on 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 questions, you know, factual questions. And no. I just um, have my – I moved the music app actually out of my dock on my iPhone and I put the Google app in its place, the Google search app. And now you can run the Google search app and do the magic tap. That's just quite a recent mm. thing. You can do the magic tap and ask a question. And nine times out of ten, I get an incredibly detailed response from Google about that. Yep. Yeah. I've just Actually, one thing I wasn't one thing I wasn't sure about too. They mentioned the new file system management app on the iPad. Mm. It'd say you could sync it across devices, but I'm not sure if you sync your favorites across only your iPad devices or across the whole iOS 11 ecosystem. Right, like on a phone, like on the iPhone. The phone, so phone, iPod Touch, and the iPad or the iPad Pro. Yes, I'd be interested to see how locked down that app is because obviously they they don't want people getting at system files and things like that. But I think, you know, iPad sales have been falling off quarter on quarter for a large number of quarters now. And I think one of the big year buts that people came up with when Tim Cook was touting the iPad Pro as a laptop replacement was that, look, file management is just so difficult um, moving things between apps. So they've approached that in two ways. You've got the drag and drop and you've got this new, what what sounds basically like a finder for iOS. But I'm really hoping it's in the iPhone version as well. It doesn't sound like it is. Well, the other thing is this whole drag, you brought it up, Jonathan, is the whole drag and drop stuff. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how they do that with with uh, voiceover. Well, I'm hoping um, it'll work just like the way you now move apps. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. You had something there, Heidi, before? Yes, I've got the list of improvements to iOS 11 that they put up on the slides and barely talk about. Yep. And in here, there's some interesting ones I think you'll you guys will be will like there's type Ooh. to siri accessibility ah there you go david it's in there before. excellent there's also spoken slash braille captions for video really yep wow um there's one for pdf accessibility okay 
Mm. Um, sorry, I'm just so I can sit there with my braille display <laughs> and <laughs> and look at uh, at descriptions of what's on the screen. It sounds like, which is absolutely fantastic when you're watching movies, you know, with with sighted people who may not want to hear mm. the description. Expanded braille editing. Wow. Wait, 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 my wish list. Wait a minute. Do you get, can you wish list. that again? <laughs> Expanded that? Braille editing. Okay. Is that all it says? That's well, it's what just like mean? I don't know what it means. They just put up loads of words. <laughs> well, Expanded braille editing. You're supposed okay. to know everything, Heidi. Come Sorry. On. Voiceover descriptions for images, which isn't there already something like that? But maybe they've improved uh, it. that well Facebook has it and other apps do, but not integrated in the operating system today. It is integrated in, in, the, in the Photos well, app. Well, kind of. Yeah, Photos. Yeah. 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 Because because when I because when I go and looked at my wedding photos, it talked about a woman <laughs> in a what did it say? Looking woman in a woman in a dress looking glam or something. You know, was, was, it, it was right. But 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 yeah. this sounds like what like what everyone else is doing and is and putting it in for images. Like for example, if you see something on the web, it will try to. You know, Actually, maybe. Yeah, I bet there's not one thing in there, Jonathan, which, is, which has been on my list, wish list for iOS since 2009, and that's to use the physical buttons to hang up or answer a phone call or to use Siri to hang up or answer a phone call. Yeah, I hear a lot of How people you... saying they want Siri to answer the call. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Why? Well, got, I mean, what's there, wrong with the magic tap? <laughs> well, the problem is I've got lots of people on the help desk here in Australia. Maybe it's the Australian fingers. I don't know. But... <laughs> Lots of people have trouble with the two-finger magic double tap. They go, oh, I, don't, I want to use a button, a real button, to answer or hang up a phone call because I feel like I can complete twit when I can't hang up a call. I'm going tap, 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 and the person's going, what are you doing? Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're trying to hang up quickly for effect, you know, goodbye, and then you hit the... Yes, exactly. And the, takes, when you're still on the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any, any others of interest there, Heidi? Uh, yes, is there more? Well, they've listed iCloud file sharing, but I don't know if that's just iOS 11 in general or if it's still... This was the screen just after the iPhone bit. Okay. Um, new... Oh, they've redesigned invert colors for people with low vision who might use that feature. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, I don't know. There's, there's so many things. They've, they've added SOS to iPhone, the thing that's on the watch. Right. Um, yeah, that's and this is why it's so good to have you here. Apart from the fact that it's good to have great. you here, but okay. you know, there's so much on the slides that we don't get. Exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, while you're looking, um, one thing I was very excited by in my broadcasting capacity was this Music Kit API that yeah. gives uh, third-party applications full access to Apple Music. Now, some enterprising individual needs to put together a broadcasting app with cross-fading and you know, the ability to um, use a mic and stream to a shoutcast server and do that all on iOS because if you can carry around a little broadcasting device and you have access to the 40 million tracks in Apple Music. Oh, I mean, wow. It's absolutely fantastic. And, and they even mentioned yeah. that you can, you can DJ. So they obviously have something like that in mind. Actually, DJ Pro is probably going to do it. Yeah, it was, quite, it was quite funny, Jonathan, when they mentioned the fact that you could actually have other people or friends share your, their listening playlist with you. I thought, that, I hope that's not a, a reinvention of Ping in the old iTunes. <laughs> I just think the same thing. It never yeah, quite goes away. Ping again. Let's get rid of ping, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It never quite goes away. A, a, no. a, a brand new app store coming in iOS 11. And yeah. what, well, you don't like the new app store? 
it looks like their new design for Apple Music, and I don't like that. So it sounds like it one. sounded very Apple Music like to me actually when I heard mm-hmm. the description of it. So um, the other thing too, which has accessibility ramifications, is that app developers can now do phased releases, and so if you're on one of these Facebook groups or email lists where you discuss iPhone things and somebody says, don't update to this version of an app because it's not accessible, you might not have that version of the app because developers can stagger the release. Exactly. You know what? They did not talk about one thing that I wish they would add, and that is, you know, uh, returning an app to the app store within a specific Mm -hmm. period of time. You know, this is a know, wonderful feature. You try of Android. it for ten minutes. Yep, you try it for ten minutes. It's not accessible. You delete it, and it's gone. You know, I don't. I don't know why Apple won't do that. I agree. Um, so, what you have with the App Store, you've got a today view, and that's the sort of home tab that you go onto now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, gosh, the the to get your app on that today view will be a real coveted spot, won't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And then you've got uh, a dedicated new games tab and then another one for just other apps, apps in general. Uh-huh. And so that's the way the, the new app is going to uh, – the new app store is going to look. Heidi, did they have an updates tab on the right? Uh, yes, it goes today, games, apps, updates, and then search. So it's all down at the bottom now. Oh, so search is at the very end. Oh, that's in- – Okay. Huh. Now, the APIs in iOS 11 for machine learning got me extremely optimistic about what might be possible here because the Vision API is now open to third-party apps, and I just think that potentially this could have wonderful ramifications for blind users if third-party app developers use that in innovative ways. So this is the stuff that's allowing you to allowing Apple right now, for example, to um, describe photos and and allow make them Siri searchable. So I can I can say to um, Apple right now, show me photos of dogs, and it will show me any picture that I've taken with Bonnie's guide dog, for example. And so if you can open that up to a wider range of things, maybe tap tap see can find some interesting uses for this, for example. I think that it uh, has a lot of potential. And then maps and the fact that maps is now rolling out floor plans for buildings such as airports and malls. That is another huge thing for blind people. I just hope it's it's accessible. Why wouldn't it be that? Because, I mean, like one of the things I really like about the um, Apple Maps now is that you can trace your finger along the map. Of all the technologies Mm -hmm. that I've ever used – Apple Maps gives me the best sort of conceptual awareness of the way an unfamiliar series of streets is laid out. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I actually use that all the time. If I want to get an orientation around a certain, you know, workplace or whatever else, I tend to use that drag feature just to check the streets and the locations and yep. stuff. And the, yeah. I think it's great. There was a list, Heidi, of the cities that were supporting this. Uh, I don't know if you have that list. I have that. I am onto it. Okay, so the – oh, sorry. This is for the malls. The malls are being supported in Boston, Chicago, Hong Kong, London, Los Angeles, 
New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, San Jose, Tokyo, and Washington, D.C. Oh, well, well, Bonnie and I have to go back to Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Have a play with that. And is that the same for airports as well, or is that a different Um, list? The airports have their own list. Okay. And I don't know all the airport codes, but I can give you the cities. Okay, yep. Um, Amsterdam, Baltimore, Berlin, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Doha, Dubai, Geneva, Hong Kong, Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, London, Los Angeles, Miami, uh, Minneapolis, Nashville, New York, New York, New York, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oakland, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Portland, San Diego, San Jose, Seattle, Toronto, and Vancouver. That's an extensive list there. It is. Mm. Yeah. Holy smokes. Um, Anything else in iOS 11 that took your fancy, either of you? Well, the only thing we forgot to mention was the fact that there was an iPad 10.5 inch iPad. We sort of, uh, because I sort of mentioned iPads, but we didn't mention the fact that there's now a new iPad Pro that's got a high refresh rate and it's a faster system and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the fact that we've now got, what is it, a nine, uh, 7.9, 9.7, 10.5, and 12.9. I always think about Steve Jobs back in the old days going, we're not going to have all these different types of products on our, on our product list, but it looks <laughs> like they're just going for it these days. Yes, Tim Cook has really put his own stamp on things. Um, it, is a, it is a large product line and uh, it sounds like there might be possibly three new iPhones coming out uh, in the September update so yeah there's a lot of product out there uh, it charges faster so that's a good thing but you know what interested me no word of the widespread rollout of multi-user support and I, yep. I understand it's available in some education markets but if you've got if you buy a 512 gigabyte new 10 inch iPad Pro uh, for the family to use, why on earth would they not allow multiple mm. users to, to log in and, and keep their own apps and settings and data private? I they don't want no. you to. No, well, apparently not, but I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. But it sounds like an exciting product. Um, this whole thing of augmented reality, I mean, I've seen my kids, you've probably, you both have probably seen your kids playing Pokemon Go, and it's extraordinary because... Yeah, you. I'm, I, I've been in here doing things, and all of a sudden, somebody's shrieking about a Pokemon being on the bookshelf or something. <laughs> um, do you think there's any way? I mean, if anyone can do it, Apple will do it. But is there any way that you think this augmented reality could have some sort of blindness accessibility benefits? I think eventually. In what way do you think? I mean, how would it work? Uh, you could. You could. Uh, you could do. Um, you know, you could virtually walk around like on a map, for example, and have sound change and, you know, you know, that kind of stuff so that you get more of a feel of so binaural audio. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you're walking in an airport, for example, that that's a really good, a good one where you're, you know, and, and it may be the sound changes when you go through a narrow area, you know, like a narrow hallway or something so that you get really good spatial orientation of what what things might be like maybe mm. i don't know mm. we'll see um 
you you were talking about the file app um, earlier, David, and I'm just looking through my notes because, of course, this came up, as you rightly say, in the iPad section. I was really mm. impressed with the way that they've done this because it looks like when you go into the recent tab, for example, and it shows you files you've looked at recently, it's all integrated. So it doesn't matter whether that file that you looked at recently has come from iCloud or Dropbox or stored locally on your machine, presumably OneDrive, all those services. It's all just there in the Recents tab. It sounds like a very well thought through implementation. No, it looks, re- it looks really, really good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, because I use Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox, iCloud. And I've, yeah. sometimes I've got half my files spread out for over the whole lot. So having it one integrated system is going to be really handy, particularly for if I want to grab stuff off my iPad or my Mac or anything else for that matter. So no, I think it's really, really good. I'm actually going to be, as soon as I, uh, sometimes today, hopefully I'm going to be updating to iOS 11 across my, all my iOS devices and just giving it a run for its money, I think, particularly, my, particularly on my iPad Pro. Yeah, anything we haven't covered, Heidi, that you're seeing in the slides that might be of interest before we start to wrap up? Um, with the iPad, the dock is much more like the one in the Mac now. So the example they showed is it's in um, landscape mode. It's got 18 things in the dock. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's right. They also said you can actually use that for, um, I think it was either multitasking or app switching, and plus it has – It'll have predictive apps in the dock as well. Yeah, so, so it'll try and predict what you need to use. Yeah, right. So just like the Mac, you can you'll be able to pin things to the to the dock, I yeah. guess. And then there's a part of the dock that shows apps that you visited recently. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And did we mention well, that what, the file storage support stuff like Dropbox and Google Drive? Yeah, yeah we, we mentioned we that. did. Yeah, yep. Okay. So, I so, forgot. so that's really good. Um, can I get some final thoughts? Uh, your overall impressions. Um, David, I'll start with you. Your overall impression of the keynote, did it did it live up to expectations? Did it exceed them? Did it disappoint? What's your overall feeling as you walk away from it, getting up at 3 a.m. for it too? I know. I was a bit I – was, I, was, I didn't want, did not want to get out of bed at half past two. Um, <laughs> I, I think overall I'm probably a little bit disappointed. I just think they – like Jeff was mentioning, they stretched things out probably a little bit too much. They dived into some stuff that they don't normally dive into. I mean, the HomePod sounds really interesting to me. Um, I just wish they could have made some real changes in Siri, so that was a little bit disappointing. I like the fact that there's new, you know, IMAX out uh, for consumers, the 21 and the 27-inch. That's all good. I'm really looking forward if the – we didn't mention this, but the watch OS with the watch faces for – Jesse, Woody, and Buzz. I just <laughs> and the Siri, oh, the Siri intelligent watch face too. We haven't talked about, which is yes. pretty cool. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So I, I want Woody to say something as well as Buzz or Jesse. So if Mickey and Minnie can talk, hopefully they will talk as well. <laughs> yeah, that Siri intelligent watch face sounds very, very cool because I always find myself running out of complications um, with things I want to to get out of my watch face. So that will be good. Yeah. Um, your overall impressions, Jeff? What's what you? You seem a bit underwhelmed, my friend. Well, I have a couple of uh, Twitter updates here too, also that we haven't talked about. So I'll give you these. Um, there, the new Swift Playgrounds one point five is out. Now, so you can download that. And Xcode 9 beta is out, and Playgrounds 2.0 beta is is out today. Uh, there is, by the way, for those uh, that, that want information on accessories that are coming out today as well, there's a Magic Keyboard, a wireless Magic Keyboard with numeric keypad oh, now wow. shipping. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of like uh, the big, you know, big 
uh, Apple keyboard, but now wireless, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to reserve judgment on my opinion until we actually start getting a play with this new stuff. Uh, my feeling is is that um, there's going to be a lot that we don't know today that's in, for example, iOS 11. Uh, and I think there will be room to get excited. But today, the keynote did not leave me going, woo, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't hugely exciting to me, except, of course, for the, the gym thing um, and, and the Files app. I hope that's on iPhone, too. But but other, other than that, it was, eh, I, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't, again, you know, it wasn't like when they when they announced uh, some of the features that for, that were in, say, iOS nine or you know, or even ten, um, that that actually got me really excited, you know, like the custom, you know, the the keyboards and things like that. Um, yeah, you know, that, I, I, yeah, I it all becomes so. a bit of a blur. But the the version yeah. of iOS when they released all the APIs that was hot. I think yeah. it was iOS eight, yeah. wasn't it? They, yeah. they released all those yeah, I think APIs. That was eight. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I guess we're it, it's a mature product now, right? So it's yep. it's going to be more incremental, thinner, lighter in the case of hardware, um, faster. You know, it, it it it's it's been around. iOS has been around now for ten years. So I guess exactly. Yeah. What did you think of it, Heidi? Uh, the keynote. We've seen more exciting ones. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's like our thing that we do. We get up early and we watch it and we get all excited about Apple. And I just didn't feel that excitement really. It, it, you know what it's like? It's like not getting the Christmas present you were hoping for. I'm getting nothing for on Christmas. Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's almost like that, almost. I'm hoping that there's more to Siri than – yeah, then we might initially think it. I'm, well, I'm, I'm very, hoping there's more overall. I mean, yeah, you know. I'm very pleased, David, that they've put that request of yours, uh, and I can't wait to try this um, expanded Braille editing and the Braille um, captions. So that, yeah. Uh, one thing, yeah, of course, we, cool. at, at the time of recording, we, we jumped on the podcast right after the keynote, so we haven't installed the developer preview. Uh, are you guys going to? Are you going to put it on your devices today, or what's the plan? Yes, no. You're not. <laughs> well, I'm going. I'm going halfway on you guys. I'm going to put it on my iPad, which these days I don't use as much, and I'm going to beat up on it there, and then just see how stable it is. Maybe if the changes aren't so major, the the first beta won't be quite so dodgy. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see. And uh, you know, we got a lot going on right now, and so it would not be good for me to be. Risking devices. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Many, I've got too many iOS, Macs, and Apple Watches to poke a stick at. I've currently got four Apple Watches now. So, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. At least spend, I can just do one, one free charm. Oh, well, absolutely, mate. And I've got about <laughs> one free charm and, and one free yeah. stick. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can spare one then. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much, all of you, for giving up some time right after the keynote to share your thoughts and your expertise. It's been a fun discussion, and I hope some people have found it informative as well. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side, a production of Mosin Consulting, on the web at mosin.org.